I'm Josh, and my mission is simple. I teach tens of thousands of home service business owners like you how to grow a profitable seven-figure business. Every week, I deliver mind bombs and systems designed to help you gain mastery over marketing, admin, production, and sales inside your company. Each week, I'll open up the vault so you can finally take hold of the life and business you deserve. There is only one thing between where you are today and where you want to be, and that is the growth you're willing to endure. You're in the right place. Welcome to The Growth Vault. Hey, my friends. Welcome back to The Growth Vault Podcast. It's been a while, uh, but I got a surprise for you today. I am joined, and it's my honor and pleasure, by my good friend, Kevin Dabrowski, and, you know, we go way back, like over a decade, and he's one of the people I respect more than anyone on the planet when it comes to sales, psychology, specifically pricing, marketing in general. He's a high-paid consultant. He's a high-performance coach. He's got this whole uh, resume of accomplishments that's really impressive. And he honestly turned my business around and helped set it on fire uh, many years ago when I was a struggling owner operator and I was thinking small but didn't know it. I stumbled across Kevin in an online forum and some of the things that he shared with no exaggeration radically transformed my service company. And so what we're going to do today is begin part one of a four-part series specifically talking about pricing. It's going to bend your mind. It's going to maybe anger some of you. There's going to be some polarizing things that we talk about. But if you stick with us, I think it could have a huge impact on your business. And with that being said, Kevin, thanks for hanging out with us, my friend. It's a joy. Thank you for the invitation. I'm excited to empower the person watching this, you, dear listener slash viewer, with all of this goodness. It will change your life if, you allow, if you're ready for it and if you let it. It absolutely will. I can attest to that. And normally, you know, I just do audio only with podcasts, but today uh, I have the video going because I want to make sure that this gets out on social media too, because we're kind of having a crisis out there. And, you know, I'll kick it off with this, Kevin, then just kind of hand over the keys to you. But, you know, people are complaining online for good reason uh, about labor, about the labor market, about how hard it is to find employees. There's government stimulus stuff. Now, in Canada, it's even worse. These people are getting paid a certain amount of money to not work. So why would they want to work? It, it, it's just harder than it, I've ever seen it. No, not to make excuses. I'm generally an optimist. And business owners want to make more money. They want to make more profit. And they can't find the people to deliver on their services. With that being said, kick us off. Go ahead. Yeah, it's a real thing. You know, pandemic life. And uh, the challenge that you have as a business owner is that you get in your head that to scale and to create wealth for yourself and the people that you love demands that you grow your team and invest in inventory and overhead and infrastructure to be able to do that. And it reminds me of a very famous quote from a guy named Jay Abraham. I know that you know who that is, Josh. The <laughs> I got several of, his, several of his books sitting five feet away from me. There you go. So legendary sales management consultant, right? And uh, he said there's only three ways to make money. Do you remember what they are? Yeah, I do. So you can uh, get new customers or get more money from your current customers. And I think his third one was frequency, increase the frequency at which people buy. Is that right? That's right. That's right. So let's just think about those for a second because we can bucket them into two categories. 
Um, number one, you can serve more customers. So more people will do, will do business with you. Number two, you can serve them more often. So you can either you know, serve your existing customers more frequently, or you can bring on more customers and serve everybody more frequently. Or number three, you can increase the size of the individual average transaction. Those first two are fall into a category I call the pain. T period, H period, E period pain. Because they involve time, headaches, and energy. The last one, increasing the individual transaction size, the most powerful, effective, fastest, simplest way to do that is to raise your prices. Without the complexity, without the overwhelm, without the overhead, without the cost of goods sold going through the roof, without having to write a million playbooks and onboard and poach A players and all that stuff and buy six more trucks and, you know, do all that. You, know, you can just raise your prices instead. Let's, the elephant in the room is, is people are clicking off of this saying, nope, nope, I'm already the most expensive price. No, no, no. I, you know, that's just like, th there's lots of mental things that are happening right now. As people hear you say that they don't like it. They feel uncomfortable. There might be a few people that, that really know they need to do that. But generally speaking, when I bring this up to people, there's like a visceral response to it or a lot of fear. Um, and I know you wanted to start off by talking about kind of the meaning of pricing in general. I mean, what are your thoughts? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I get that. And that's all mindset stuff, right? And we're going to dive heavy into mindset. I know in the third part of this series and address all of those things going on inside of their head, you know, the resistance. Um, but to speak to it, at least for a moment, until we kind of dive into it in part three of this, um, I'd like to tell the story of Bugatti. So Bugatti, of course, is a legendary car maker, and they kind of had a resurgence the past couple of decades. They were kind of, they disappeared for decades and they came back. They were like legendary 100 years ago, but then, then they disappeared and came back. And when they came back, they entered the supercar market. And around the time they came back, Lamborghini and Ferrari were pretty much owning the supercar space. And to buy a brand new, you know, top of the end, top of the line Lamborghini was, you know, five, $500,000 ish. And Bugatti came along and brought into the market an entry, their, their product, four times higher than Lamborghini. And they sold like hotcakes. So when I hear somebody say, you know what, Kevin, I'm already the most expensive in the market. Well, that's because you're currently, you know, uh, identifying with the value that you have claimed or presented to the market. Whereas if you were to bring some unique value to the market that resonated with your customer, or what's even more likely is if you were to actually connect with the impact you're truly having already for your customer, especially if you're a world-class uh, service or brand, which you probably are because that's why you're listening to this podcast, you know, you, you pride yourself in excellence if you were to connect with what's really happening when people buy your product in their experience, you would realize that there's so much money being left on the table that they would happily add to your invoice and pay you with, with a smile on their face and without them thinking that you're a jerk. Hmm. How does that land for you when you hear me say that? I mean, I, I feel like I have my foot in two, two worlds because I know that what you're talking about right now and what you're about to talk about 
is fact with certainty. I don't actually don't have any issues with it anymore. Um, however, at the same time, you know, cause I'm connected to so many small business owners all over the world. I just know that they have all kinds of objections, right? <laughs> so I'm trying to think, yeah. think as they're thinking and, you know, people think it's like immoral to charge more, but just to reframe the conversation, you need to grow your business and hit your goals, but you don't just have to do it by scaling your team. You can do it by raising your prices. Now, yeah. Why is that not immoral? Why are we not bad people for charging top shelf premium pricing? Because we love spending money on top shelf premium items as consumers. And when we're the ones selling, we forget that we are sometimes the ones spending big bucks and feeling great about it. Mm. <laughs> That's good. Right? Like all yeah. of us are true. What, happen, what happens a lot with these conversations that comes up, especially with the home services space, is that I hear business owners say, my, my market is cheap. My clients are cheap. And the truth is, every one of us, including you, my friend, Josh Latimer, are cheap. And, and me, we are cheap. It's just that we're cheap about different stuff. You know, like uh, none of us will care about everything in every vertical and every market in the world. None of us do. You know, like I'm looking at your, your microphone. You probably dropped some good money on that microphone in front of you right now. Was yeah. it the cheapest one that you found on Amazon? No, and I'm actually upgrading it to an even more expensive one. <laughs> and you're about to drop a lot more money on it. There you go. Yep. You know, the guys that are watching this, if they're in the landscape business and they invest in like serious equipment that costs thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, that's high end, that's durable, that lasts, that has warranty, that is easy to use, that, you know, is kind of like foolproof. They could get alternative. They could go to Home Depot and buy a crappy one for a third, a quarter of the price, but they don't like they invest in things that they know will actually deliver more value. Well, all of us are both. Like all of us are cheap with the stuff we don't care about. Like for me, it's bottled water. You will never see me spending more than a dollar forty nine ever in my life for bottled water. Like I don't care <laughs> what country I'm in. I don't care what I will. I am so angry when I'm in a restaurant and they try to sell me bottled water. You know, and they bring the anyway. So I won't do it. Like I, I go to Dollarama for I go to dollar store for bottled water. The end. But, at, you know, on the same afternoon, I might spend $300 on dinner, you know, but I'm, I'm cheap when it comes to water. So, yeah, all of us are cheap and all of us also value. So the, the, so the real challenge for us is the real challenge that we're talking about here is that all we have to do is find people that value the stuff or the transformation or the outcome, the results that we deliver to the market. We just have to match up, match that up, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, you told me a story years ago about, you know, you'll go to a customer's house, they're clearly affluent, and they'll try to beat you up on your price. You quote them $500 to do a service and they say, ah, will you do it for 300 if I pay you cash? And, and they're just like, just giving you a hard time. And then you said that same person, three hours later, will spend $5,000 on a single golf club. Right. And so <laughs> what happens is the, the business owner feels discouraged because that happened. But to your point, I think this is what you're talking about. That that particular guy just doesn't care about your services. Exactly. Exactly. Or 
he's like all of us and he wants to get the biggest bang for his buck. And I mean, I'm, I do this too, Josh, and maybe you do it too. Like when I'm going to buy something, especially if it's a little bit expensive. And I, I mean, what does it hurt me to ask, Hey, can you give me a break on that? Like, what can you take off that? Like if I do this deal today with you, what can, what can you save me? Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be dumb for me not to do that. You know, like if I could save a thousand dollars or 500 bucks by asking the question, I'd be a fool not to. Right. Right. But if the per- the person the person can also come back and be like, oh, you know, I appreciate your, you know, like your uh, negotiation skills. I do the same thing, but in this case, no, there is no room for us to discount. You know, the price is what it is. Like we respect that too, and we're like, cool. I just had to ask because you know we want to be smart with our money. If whether so, we have twenty million or five million or twenty thousand or two thousand, like we want to spend it wisely and get the deals where we can. So explain to me what you mean when we talk about pricing and specifically the meaning of pricing, Mm -hmm. what are you trying to say? So when I talk about meaning, I'm really talking about what's at stake when it comes to us being able to create more wealth for ourselves. That's what I mean. Like what's really at stake in this conversation? There's this famous quote from a guy named Benjamin Franklin. He was quoted in 1748 as saying that that time is money. And unfortunately, that aphorism has stuck in the consciousness of most of us, like a little earworm. (laughs) But the truth, but the truth is, Benjamin, you know, Benny was wrong. Time is life. But the beautiful thing about time is that you can purchase more of it with money. And when we have more money available to us, we can actually liberate chunks of our time for the people and the things that we truly love. And in my experience as a high performance coach in particular, but also personally over the past, you know, couple of decades as a business owner, um, most of us are not living the life that we truly desire for ourselves and our family. And we haven't even given ourselves permission to dream as to what we want our life to look like. But what happens when we, when we kind of develop skills around the generation of wealth and the generation of revenue, sometimes exponentially, is that we, we actually give ourselves an opportunity to connect with what we truly desire. And one of the most profound things I discovered on my own journey is that when you get real about what you want, you find out who you truly are. That is deep, bro. I can attest, you know, I've worked with over a thousand people individually over many years and um, almost no one can articulate to me what they want when I ask them. What they can tell me is what they don't want. That's easy. So I say, what do you want? Why are we doing this? Why did you give me money? How can I serve you? Where where are we pointed? What's the destination? And they'll say, I don't want to struggle anymore. I don't want to be in debt anymore. I don't want to be a slave to my business. And they tell me all these things they don't want, which is like, you know, the, the inverse of what they should be focusing on. And it's tricky, but I, you know, I, I agree with you. I concur. What are we supposed to do about it? Yeah, so we generally don't do anything about it because we're in survival, you know, and we're just trying to pay the bills and we're just trying to keep our head above water and we're just trying to, you know, make sure the lights stay on. 
and the car payments get get made and we get a little bit of vacation here and there. And the rest of the time we're working like a dog, most of us, just to keep going. And if we're real, I mean, some of us like Gary Vaynerchuk would rather do nothing in life than work 60 hours a week. And if that's you, then that's cool. Like, and I respect that. If that's what you truly want your life to be, amazing. But if I was to ask you, you know what, if you could have all the money you desire to create the life experience you want, how much would you like to work? Most of us don't say 60 hours. Most of us wouldn't say 40 hours. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. Most of, what, do you think, what do you think most people would say in your experience? Zero hours. Well, well I mean, look. Five hours. Let's, let me. Okay. Like, what's your number out of curiosity? I know, I know oh, you man. love the work that you do. How much would you like to work? Well, we could get into a semantical debate on what the definition of work is, but okay, I have a definition. I have a definition okay. for you. Revenue generating activities. Ah, man. I would still be at a minimum of 20, 30. I mean, I like it. So yeah, I'm aware. So I'm aware of, yeah. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're actually like <laughs> So it's not so it's not zero. I mean, and the truth is, most of us, you know, who are who are listening to this podcast, we love what we do. Like this is service-based entrepreneurs. I mean, the word serve is in the name, right? Yeah. Like there's a joy that comes from being able to serve another human on a human-to-human -human level, whether it's cutting their grass or cleaning their house or cutting their hair or manicuring their nails or giving them a massage or helping them with a health problem or coaching them through a transition or helping them step into a dream, you know, engineering uh, the, their next house or their backyard. Like I it's, think there's you, so much joy. If you'd have asked me that 15 years ago, I would have said, I want to work zero hours. And I think the reason I would have said that is because um, I was chasing money. I wasn't trying to right. serve anybody. I was trying to serve myself. But today, like I, I associate sales with, changing someone's life. I can't help someone until they buy from me. When they buy from me, I want to have them have a transformation. That gets me really riled up and excited. So that's why now I have this linked. It's like selling is changing someone's life. It's contribution. It's this. But before, when I didn't understand these things, um, I, I would have said zero. I don't know if that makes sense or if that's helpful to anybody listening, but. Maybe, the, yeah, I especially the new people, the new ones listening that are new in the business. Yeah, like if, if you want to work, I'm sorry, if you want to work zero, it must be because you don't take uh, any joy in serving other people. Right. But if or you don't take joy do right now. Yeah. And if you don't take joy in serving people, it's very difficult to make a lot of money, I think. Right. I would agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. So the meaning of price, when you say part one of this, you know, four part kind of interview here, because we'll break it up so it's digestible for people. The meaning of price has to do with what's at stake, right? What's so your stake? pricing exactly. and you being open to raising your prices, not because you're an evil person, but you being open to that helps secure the future for your family and the dreams, the dreams that maybe you haven't even spent time <laughs> clarifying. Yeah, that's right. And at the very least, Josh, what it does is give you enough safety to at least allow yourself to dream a little bit. There's this famous quote from Napoleon Hill, 1937, in Think and Grow Rich, he, he publicized this. He said, what the mind can, do you remember what he said? The mind can dream, the mind can do? 
yeah, you say what the mind can believe and conceive, it can achieve. Ah, that's right. Yeah. He actually said what the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. Um, so we kind of, he had a chance there to, to point something out, but he never drew attention to it. And that is that actually we don't allow ourselves to conceive until we believe. So this really crazy switch happens. Like I can say, Josh, you know what? Uh, what would you love your life to look like? But if you think that that thing is impossible and unattainable, you're not going to actually engage with the question. 100%. You're going to be like, you're going to be like, you know what? I'm just trying to pay off my bills, Kevin. I'm just trying to survive and work hard and be an honest, honest pay for an honest day's work. I don't have time. I don't, I can't be a dreamer. You know, you know it, it almost, that quote should almost say what the mind can conceive and believe it will achieve because whatever yeah. you're thinking and believing is going to become the outcome of your life. Like for it will, sure. it, uh, it already is right. It already is. Exactly. It currently is. So, so that, so the twist is that the believing is unlocked when we start to master our pricing. Because when I take you from, you know, whatever you're charging today and seven days from now, you've tripled your, your profit, which we're going to speak to speak about in a moment. Um, then you go, holy crap, where did that money come from? I can't believe I just so easily, without hiring a bigger team, without you know, writing a million playbooks, without working more, I've got all of this extra money sitting in my bank account right now. Or I call that money in wallet, M-I-W, you know, like spendable capital mm -hmm. for the things that you desire. And you and I have spoken about this, the relationship, we have a counterintuitive relationship between the, the profit that we're generating now and the impact of that on that profit by a raise in our price. Yes. And th this is a little yeah. bit tricky for people that aren't into, you know, math, but it's huge, profound. I, if you want to unpack that, that'd be great because th this one nugget can just break people's brain. I mean, in a good way, it just opens things up. Go ahead. Right. Okay. So here's here's the the simple explanation. Right now, you have a profit margin based on the price that you are bringing to the market for your services, and that profit margin is um, determined by your cost of goods sold, which includes things like trucks and insurance and guys and taxes and you know 401ks and expenses and whatever the the place that you rent and all that stuff, as well as the the amount that you pay yourself if you have like a little team and that's also in there. So Josh, tell me what, for, for your typical listener, what would you say is their current average profit of, you know, a, every dollar that they're making? How much are they keeping? Profit, profit. It, it varies widely, but 20% is a good number to use. Okay. So 20%. So that means for every dollar you're keeping, there's 20%, there's 20 cents money in wallet available profit yep, at the end of the exactly. day. Exactly. Everything else washes out. Everything else washes out. It feels exciting to see the money come in, but most of it flows out. Yep. You know, my, my grandparents were in the restaurant business for 30 years and they said, it's crazy how much money passes through your hands. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> you just watch it. You're like, Oh, oh God, you know, it's like a river. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, so most of us, you know, or a lot of us can relate to that. So here's the thing. When you double your prices, which is audacious. And we're going to speak to that as we go on with this series. Your profit 
does not double, your profit quintuples. Yeah. You have five times the profit that you formerly had when all you do is raise your prices 200%. So sorry, so your prices go up 100%, your profits go up 400%. And I think it's even more than that, right? So for every, so if you do oh, 500%, 500%, you do a hundred dollars, you get to profit 20. But if you charge $200, you profit 120. Yeah, so 500% more. Yeah, it's That's it's right. crazy. Yeah, it's very exponential. Yeah, and I don't think people understand because even if you raise your prices 20%, if you do the math on it, it would double your profit, right? So if you charge $100 an hour and instead you started charging $120 an hour, which is just a small increase, that doubles your margin, you know, generally speaking. Um, exactly. It's a big deal. And without, with, and yes, it's a huge deal. And it's again, remember without working more, without building a bigger team, without all of that complexity that comes with the other two ways of making more money. Right. Yeah. Without all of the headache, with all of the, the pain, right. Time, headaches, and energy without all of that. It's just, it's just the easiest way to boost your profits. I mean, I I have a, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say like, yeah, 100% is not crazy, by the way. 100% price range, very doable. I mean, during COVID, I had one client, a septic engineer. He raised his prices 105% like this after consulting and coaching from me. 105% price range during COVID. Clients didn't even blink an eye. And they still love him. They still refer him. They, they appreciate him even more. They pay him more quickly. They're more responsive. They're more appreciative. They bring him snacks and things. And, you know, like it's crazy what happens when you start serving, you know, at a higher level. Yeah, I had attracting people that value that stuff. A few years ago, I created a product. You were in it. It It's called the Sales and Marketing Super Course. And uh, another guy that taught one of the modules named Sid Graff. Awesome guy. Love Sid. And he was telling a story about how he had raised his prices, I think, 20%. And in the anxiety he felt before he did it and he wanted to throw up and it was this whole thing. And he did it across the board, old customers, new customers, just a standard boom. And this is small potatoes compared to what you're suggesting, right? But he did it. And guess what happened? Nothing. Nobody cared, right? (laughs) And the epiphany that he had was like, what? You know, such a big deal. Is this a good segue? Is this a good segue, you think, uh, to kind of round out this we laid the foundation a little bit. We want to help the listener understand this is serious. You don't need to just you know run harder on the hamster wheel. Maybe what we need to do is modify your pricing and, and modify your mindset around pricing, and you can exponentially increase the bottom line for you and your family. Is this a good segue maybe to round out this one? What are your final thoughts on kind of the meaning of pricing? Yeah, and, uh, and again, I just want to add to what you said as a great recap. And this is about your, this is about the, the life that you truly desire also becoming a reality. Like don't, you don't have to play small. You don't have to be afraid of your dreams. This will empower you. And at the very least, like Sid, for example, he was like, ah! and I, I guarantee that night, Sid probably spent more money on that steak at the restaurant he went out to. And he bought a little bit more, you know, and he bought a, and he bought a little bit more expensive wine and maybe he treated himself to an outfit that he's been looking at for a couple of months. Like 
it liberates us to actually get real about what we want our experience of being alive to look like for ourselves, our partner, our kids, and the, the thing, even the charities and things that we wish to impact. It creates space to allow us to believe. That's what we're really talking about. That's what's at stake as well. And one more thing I want to add before just to button it up. Sure. Is that when I say, when I tell you about Jesse, the septic engineer, you know, 105%, that's actually a conservative example of what's possible that my clients have achieved over the past year or so. Well, I'm I've had clients raise their price. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited to get into specifics and really even play devil's yeah. advocate with you, right? On behalf yeah. of yes. all these people that are watching it, because the next question is, you know, how do we do this? How do we execute on it? You can do it wrong. You can do it right. You can make mistakes. And I think the next segment that we'll put out there will be all the mistakes, how people can do it wrong and, and all that. So uh, I'm super excited. We're just getting good. This was just a warm up. We're going to get into more tactics, more specifics, things that you guys can do to, to move the needle. You know, at the end of the day, you know, life isn't about money, right? But money is very similar to oxygen, like you, you, <laughs> when you don't have enough of it, it's the only thing you think about type of thing. Yes. And, uh, you know, the purpose of, of life isn't to breathe oxygen, but it's very hard to live your purpose in life without oxygen. So money is an amazing tool. And, you know, Kevin, you are awesome. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up and everybody um, we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. See you on the next one. If you're ready to go even deeper, go to Facebook and search for The Growth Vault. It's a free community with thousands of other business owners just like you. I'll see you next time on The Growth Vault.